Welcome to the Operate Podcast, where we give you a behind-the-scenes look at company building from the perspective of the builders themselves. This is how we operate. Welcome to the Operate Podcast. I'm Kerry Ransom. Today's episode is sponsored by Bank Tech Ventures, the first strategic investment fund designed by community banks for community banks for innovation and investment. BankTech identifies the leading products and technologies for community banks, works with the founders and management teams to maximize the impact from them on community banks and their businesses. So if you're a bank and you're looking to innovate and invest in your future or a founder who wants to work with community banks, reach out to BankTech Ventures, banktechventures.com. I'm super excited. Mark and I were just talking plenty. We could have talked all day. Super excited to have Mark Forbes with me on the podcast today. He is the former chief technology officer of Jack Henry, one of the largest technology companies in the banking industry. He's also a current board director at Incredible Bank in Wisconsin and Citizens Bank in Arkansas. He's also super active in the banking and fintech technology startup community. He's investing, advising, and working with a number of companies there. He was one of the original folks in fintech and bank tech. He started out at a company called Systematics that those who have been in this industry for a while know is in many cases looked at as the original fintech company uh, that became FIS. And then Mark had a long career in banking technology, much of which we will talk about today. Mark, thank you so much for joining me. Excited to be here. Looking forward to it. Okay, well, let's kick this off. So when somebody asks you, I mean, we, we have seen so much change happen in just the last couple of years. When somebody asks you about the biggest technology change that you're currently seeing in banking, what would you say that is? Well, and you'll probably get used to this or tired of hearing me say this, but, you know, kind of it depends or, or um, you know, there's always, there's always that thought. But I think that from a standpoint of the, the current technology change, you know, the easy answer is okay. Let's let's move everything digital, right? I mean, I get that, but we, I feel like we've been working on that for a while. So I think that we've had kind of this, you know, pandemic-induced, you know, acceleration or or acknowledgement of the reality of needing to really get there, right? So I think that's I think that's what's kind of you know, if you want to look for a silver lining in the pandemic, you can say that's what it's done for us. Um, you know. We've all been chasing after kind of making banking frictionless and making banking easier and simpler. And I think we've done a lot in the payment space to make it easier to, to buy and sell goods. But, but the reality is there's still a lot of work to do for a lot of banks, whether, you know, in a lot of different areas. So I think that that's the, the biggest thing is I think just the probably the realization that it's it's time to get it done and now there's you know we're going to talk about it more but there's so many new opportunities to leverage technology yes so i think that's kind of the cool part well and i think for someone you know i've been in and around the software industry for a long long time as well you have and there are these cycles and i think sometimes we'll if you're like me you probably look and go oh this looks similar to a prior era of change yeah. that happened in my career so are you looking today at one and you go oh this is similar to when this happened at a prior point in my career yeah so you know i thought about this you know when we were kind of thinking about what we wanted to talk about but a obviously the easy answer is to say 
you know, look in the late nineties, as the dot-com era was happening and the internet was coming. I mean, we had a lot of really neat ideas about where this could go and what this could do for, for, you know, our customers, the financial institutions, you know, uh, and, and their, their customers. And so I think, you know, we had a lot of really neat ideas about where this could all end up. I don't know that we saw, saw this particular kind of what we're able to do now, um, but so that, that one feels, that was big. I don't know that everybody realized it at the time. I mean, I think we saw the, the opportunity, but you know, what's interesting is, it, and I was, when I was thinking about this, it does feel a little bit like the early, early days of banking for me. And I'm going to date myself, but you know, back then people had a separate system for their GL. They had possibly, you know, a separate system for deposits they had a system for IRAs. Mm -hmm. They had a system for maybe three lending systems. Now, I'm not saying that that's where we're headed, but it, some of it could feel like that if you think about kind of banking as a service and embedded finance and technology, we could get to where we have very purpose-built solutions mm -hmm. for, for these solutions for each product and application that we're offering. And obviously, it was much more difficult to do back then. Sure but it might be a lot easier to do it now. So that it does, in one way, that kind of feels like we might mm. be going back to that era, but for a, for, a, for a whole different set of reasons. Back then, I think it was because there wasn't, there wasn't the best of sweet offerings that sure. I think Jack Henry's and the Fiserv's and the, and the FIS's had and have like they do today. Mm -hmm. um, so I think it's kind of interesting to put it in that perspective. I, I think you're spot on. And if you think about now the ability to do that today, you could have a single pane of glass dashboard, right. even because of APIs, because of the at least a somewhat easier way to move information around that that could that kind of architecture and ecosystem could exist. So that's I think that's a really interesting point that you make there. So you, you've through your career had to learn a lot of different technologies, right? I, I mean, the, the ability to stay relevant and stay around um, as long as you have, it, it, and it's hard. I mean, I, I often think about that myself. Of like, how do I, I'm an old dog now. How do I learn the new, the new tricks? How have you approached learning new things? Yeah. And I mean, I think that's, you know, a, I think most people that are, that are successful or want to be successful have to realize a, they have to continue to learn. Um, B, the way I think I've always approached it is, you know, figure out who's doing it, who's, who's really good at it, you know, whether you can, you know, partner with them, whether you can go learn from them, whether you can hire them, um, you know, there's, there's people out there doing this stuff. Um, and, uh, you know, and, and the cool thing nowadays is, you know, like, I hate to kind of, again, go full nerd on you, but, you know, there's, I mean, there's some really cool YouTube videos out there mm -hmm. right now where you can go and sit in on an MIT course talking about AI or talking about crypto. Um, and I, my wife thinks I'm crazy, but I do that stuff mm -hmm. um, even today. So, you know, and I think that that obviously that didn't exist 15 years ago. Right. Um, so that's a really cool way of doing it. And, you know, I think if you put it in the perspective of you know, of the banks out there and the bank boards and the technology communities within the bank, you know, leveraging their IT staff, leveraging, you know, their CIOs, figure, making sure they're getting out there and, and seeing and hearing what's going on. I think, you know, there's, 
there's so much opportunity to learn. And now there's, you know, whatever kind of social media tool you want to use, there's probably some chat going on about it right now, right? That's right. Um, so right. go go get involved. I, I love that. Have you seen any of the banks that you're involved with or around actually almost create that as part of this continuing education growth evolution mindset where it's even encouraged or, or required? Yeah, I mean, I think that that's probably the evolution that's beginning to happen. I think you're seeing, you know, you're seeing board makeup change. You're seeing people try to get more involved with what's going on in the in the fintech space and mm -hmm. the in the technology community. I mean, but let's also be real. You know, at the end of the day, the banks are more concerned about that. We want to take care of our customers. We want to make it easy. Yeah. Technology is a means to that end. I think you're seeing. The pendulum swing to leveraging okay technology is not an expense item yes it's still yes. a big expense item but we know there is a, a a leverage point there so how do we get there I, I think there's not everybody has that figured out obviously there are a lot of there are a lot of cool banks out there doing some really cool mm -hmm. things so you know that's pressure that gets put on sure. so i think that'll that'll continue to evolve well, and, and that leads me really to, you know, as you think about your role, as I mentioned, you know, you're on the board of a couple banks. In my experience, there aren't too many banks that are bringing a technologist with your skill set, your experience into the boardroom, partly because historically, to your point, it's been looked at as a cost. Yeah. And, you know, those of us like you and me who've been in software companies, we know technology is not a cost. It's a producer of value, a producer of revenue. It's a strategic advantage. It's an investment. So as you're seeing that change happen, how are you seeing boards? How are you seeing the people in the boardroom that don't have that comfort start to understand that? Well, yeah. And I think the good, the good news is obviously the, the breeze, you know, I'm proud of the fact that the, the banks that have asked me to join their board, they are forward thinking. Mm -hmm. They are looking at technology in a different way than they may, maybe they did before. Um, and, but I think they're now realizing they have to, to step it up. Um, and so I think that you're also seeing the other board members be very, you know, they're very curious about, okay, mm -hmm. how do we fully leverage this? Are we fully leveraging it? Um, and so I think that you're, you know, you're hearing, you're hearing different sets of questions being asked, and I'm trying to bring things to the table that I don't know that they've had brought to the table before. Mm -hmm. Um, so, but again, you know, we also know that it is caught, technology is expensive sure. technology, you know, there, but there's, there's a lot of ways to leverage and get involved with technology. So it takes the right it takes the right board makeup, you know, and, uh, and even at the recent conference, you know, we were at, we were both at the AOBA, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Acquire or be acquired, um, you know, and there was a, some really good discussions from some pretty key innovative banks talking about their board makeup and, and, you know, do you have a technologist? Do you have somebody with security knowledge on mm -hmm. there? You know, those are not traditional board roles. It's usually, right. you know, the community involved people that can help you. Um, and I get that, but um, so I think that you think you're going to start seeing that change. I think that it just falls into the, if I could categorize it as just diversification. Mm -hmm. So let's diversify the board in numerous ways, whether right. it's in, in, you know, whether it's in, you know, 
male, female, whether it's in ethnicity, whether it's in skill set. I think we need all of those things. I, I could not agree more. You're, you're spot on there. I, I think, you know, you'll totally agree with this. The last two years have forever changed community banking. There's, there's no going back to where it was. Uh, there will be a new future and that, that will take a lot of different forms. How is your thinking about that and about community banks and their role in the marketplace? How's that changed just in the last two years? Well, it, you know, and, and maybe I might shock you a little bit, but I mean, I, I, I've obviously, I'm a, a huge proponent and fan mm -hmm. of community banks. You know, when I look at what community banks pulled off with PPP. Absolutely. Right? There was no, I mean, again, you look at the top performers on that list. It was community banks, That's right. right? They made Punched that way out. above their weight class is what right. I say. Yes, the government sir. obviously put the program together. They were smart enough to get out of the way and let the bankers handle it. But it was not just bankers per se. It was community banks right. that really, you know, carried the water there. So, so I think that that proved the point maybe that maybe other people didn't realize. I think you and I probably realize it. I think what's, what's probably changed forever is that, maybe you know, to use your quote, community banks, maybe now, maybe more of them will realize they can outpunch their weight. That's right. That's they right. can step up with technology. They can do these things, you know, maybe they can fight with, you know, I hate to go direct here, but they, maybe they can fight with some of their commercial lenders about getting digital signatures now, now that we proved we could do it. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, mm -hmm. we've done it. We've been doing it for years, but not everybody really embraced it. Now we can embrace, you know, that digital, digital component, secure portals, uh, leverage all those capabilities without we can still have a personal touch, but we can do it through a digital channel. Um, and I think that's what's forever changed. I don't, you know, obviously I don't want to say that we're there yet. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to say we're, we've achieved the goal because I think that we want the, we want the, the goalposts to keep moving. We want yes. to keep getting better um, and making it easier for customers to do business with, with financial institutions, right? That's the whole goal. That's right. That's right. And I mean, to your, to your point too, right? They stepped up. Yep. At a time they weren't expecting to, they did amazing things. And I think our job now is to say, remind them, you yeah. can do this. Like you should have the confidence. You should have the courage to keep going, to keep going toward that goalpost that is moving and you can, you can do it. And you don't, don't accept that you're behind, accept right. that you can keep up because you showed that you could do that. Uh, in in one area, let's look at others that are really strategic to you, right? So that's yeah, the exciting I, part for where we are, I think. I, I absolutely, totally agree. I think that there's so many other opportunities and I think that's that's what's cool about the whole FinTech space, right? Mm -hmm. There is, there are things, there are solutions out there that will help you solve your problems better than you can with your current solutions right so so let's go figure out how to better partner with them how to figure out how to better collaborate with them how to and also how to help them because they have a really good idea but they don't know everything you know as a banker and so that's where the match is made in heaven right that's right that's, that's right well that that goes right to my next question is i mean i think we're at a place now where there are more fintechs than there are banks and 
you know, the, the coexistence of these two is critical now. So how do you think about that? Yeah, well, I hope I hope that we're past the the days of of you know the the headlines reading you know banks are afraid of fintech. I, I think we're I don't know if we're completely past it, but I hope we're we're close to being past that. I think there there is an opportunity for the one plus one to equal three or more. Um, I think we we've got the good news is there's plenty of examples where that's been proven. Mm-hmm. So I think that. Uh, the the way that the bankers got to think about it is, you know, figure out what your strategies are, figure out where you've got some problems, then figure out what fintechs can help you get that done. And I think that more and more financial institutions out there, banks can now, okay, hey, let's go find somebody that can help us, help us with IRAs, help us with deposit gathering, help us with, you know, some kind of authenticated chat, help us, whatever that solution mm-hmm. is, they're more than likely, you know, like I always tell my buddies when they tell me, hey, I've got a good idea for an app. I'm saying, I don't even know what it is. It's already out there. That's <laughs> I'm just telling you. It's already built. Yep. Somebody already built it. Now, it might not be successful. It might not be the one you need, but it's, it's close. It'll it's mm-hmm. a good start. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think to your point where you said there's there's a lot of these startups and fintechs out there, there are. And, you know, a lot of them probably have really good ideas and a lot of them are going to, you know, help us move the technology forward. Not every one of them are going to succeed because there's no way. Sure. Uh, but the good news is they're going to help us get there. They're going to be part of the continuum to help technology continue to evolve. So I think that's that's the ecosystem, you know, and, and again, I, I think I've been in my career, I've been a big proponent of, you know, everything openness and leveraging, you know, your your core provider can't do everything. Mm-hmm. I, I, I was one of those cores. Mm-hmm. I knew we couldn't do everything, but I wanted to make it as easy as possible for you to leverage other technology. And sure. I think now that's most everybody's position is is that same position. So okay. I feel like we're getting there. So, you know, I talked to a good number of bankers, Mark, and they, I can just sense, even if they can't articulate it, that they're a bit overwhelmed. Is it feels yeah. like the world is their oyster. There are a lot of different things they could do. When you're working with the ones that you're really involved with and helping them set priorities, let's just talk through, like, what kind of processes are you using to really help facilitate that so that they feel like, hey, we, we have a good plan, it makes sense, we can act on it, and we're not paralyzed looking at everything and, and just thinking before moving. Yeah, well, and and and, and I think it starts with, you know, I, I know that, you know, the culture eats strategy, I get that, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. the reality is you got to have a strategy first, right? You can't go look at all the shiny objects, That's right. back to your overwhelmed point. Um, so, you know, what is your strategy? You know, where are you wanting to diversify your revenue streams? Where are you wanting to, you know, are you needing to create more efficiency? I mean, the answer is probably yes, but but how, right? Okay, so are you a big mortgage lender? Are you not? I mean, mm-hmm. you know, so mm-hmm. I think where are those strategies that you, you know, either for your existing customer base or new customers that you want to go acquire? What is the strategy to go do that? Uh, and then, you know, figure out, I think it's strategy first, technology second, um, just like I would tell anybody, let's, you know, lots of new technology out there won't solve the problem. Process is still pretty darn important, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Um, so I think that it starts with figuring out what your strategies are. And then, you know, then there's 
more than likely there's somebody out there that's got the tech that can help you. Mm -hmm. uh, and then that, that in therein probably lies the next problem that we're facing, which is now, how do I go vet all these? How do I figure out the right one to, to look at? Mm -hmm. So I think that's, that's part of what I think is really cool about what you guys are doing. Right. Oh, so, well, thank you. Yeah. So I, you I mean, you talked about culture and strategy. I love that topic. Uh, I'm a big believer in language. So as you think about the traditional language in financial services and in, and in banking and this new innovation agenda, are there certain words that you feel like need to become much more common and used within this environment that maybe historically haven't to help shape that and change that culture? Well, yeah, it's, it's so it's interesting. I'll, I'll, I'll start with one that I have that's more of a boring one, but it's just because with everything that we're doing and with everything that's going on in the world technology-wise, security, mm. and I've talked to it at one of my banks specifically, I mean, not that we're not both talking about it, but one, we're really accentuating that effort around the security becoming part of our culture. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just, you know, with, with phishing being the number sure. one kind of way that malware gets into your, into your network, you know, everybody has to really t take on the a culture of security. So that that's a boring one, but it's really, mm -hmm. really, really important. I think I, I love diversification. I love that word for lots of reasons, whether it's diversify, diversifying your revenue streams, diversifying your product portfolio, diversifying your, your teams, mm -hmm. diversifying your board. I mean, you know, I think that that, that is a, that is a, you know, that's a pretty important word to me. And then probably the other one that, you know, that I would use two words instead of just one is, you know, it's partnership, collaboration. Mm -hmm. I think that those, those words, you know, I think are, are key to our success, right? We can't do it all. We can't be all things to all people. Um, just like the reason you figured out to partner with whoever you partner with for your core, or, and maybe, you know, you can have, a main core and a side core, and that doesn't prohibit you from mm -hmm. from still taking care of your kind of core customer base. Um, so I think there's, I think those are the things that we all have to become comfortable with. You know, I think we're, I think we're probably already there with respect to regulations. I mean, banks mm -hmm. are good at compliance and risk management, and and that's okay. So I don't know that you know that's anything new we need to think about, um, but. Yeah, I think that those are the areas that I think bankers have to start to think about. Um, and, you know, and and again, if you think back again, I'm, I'm, I try to think back to early days in my career, you know, there were there were service operations, right, that really helped you do mortgages and when, mm -hmm. you know, and help you, you know, do IRAs and 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 you know, there's some financial services products out there that leverage kind of a consortium effect. Um, and, and, you know, when they're really good at it, but I don't know that, I don't know that banks have historically, or maybe at least in the last 30 years, thought about leveraging those types of things because they probably wanted to control more of the customer access. And sure. I get that. Um, but that's something we might have to think about, especially as we as we make it easier to get toward get to technology um, mm -hmm. and leverage technology. So I don't know, lots of rambling there. Uh, that's, there's some great, great thoughts. So thank you. you. You mentioned this earlier. You know, I often will argue that 
when technology is used effectively, it actually can strengthen relationships, actually can bring people together. Often people get nervous that that's not what it is doing, right? What, what examples have you seen of that in, in your banks that you're working with or in, in customers over your years where it has been effective and truly strengthen those relationships? Oh yeah. I think that there's, I, I, I'm, you know, I think the good news here is I have lots of examples, mm-hmm. whether it's, you know, for products that we offered or, or didn't offer or, or what, but you know, whether it's things like call center solutions, right. You think about, okay, that's pretty boring stuff, but a really good effective call center solution that really helps your agents really handle and get to the first call resolution Mm. um, by surfacing all the data that you have Mm -hmm. on that customer and maybe even some of their recent interactions um, so that you can, you know, know that, okay, Carrie's calling me and I just can see that he's had, you know, three failed login attempts in his online banking or his mobile banking, or maybe he's got it, you know, I can just get a notice that, his, you know, ATM card was left in the machine mm-hmm. and I've got that all surfaced in one dashboard in our call center solution. That's game changing, right? I can solve your problem very quickly. Um, you know, so that's just one example. That's a great Whether example. It, you know, and then there's other examples of, you know, workflow automation solutions that just take those mundane processes that you did over and over and over as a back office person, or maybe even even as a frontline person working with customers, whether it was like, okay, I need to get this wire done for this customer. All right, well, we've got this whole workflow automated now that we can get this thing done in in minutes, if not seconds, uh, versus of this old process that you had that was redundant. Every, mm-hmm. every, you did it the same way. Maybe it had some, you know, monetary changes because it was over 10,000 or a hundred thousand required other signatures or, or approvals, but with automation and workflow, we could, we could do those things for right. you. Um, you know, all the, I think that payments is an area where we've, you know, the, all the different payment systems, whether it's bill pay, you know, business bill pay, person-to-person payments, all these things have changed, um, you know, that just authenticated chat uh, mm-hmm. where, you know, customers are now comfortable sharing and having a banking conversation, maybe not video, but at least a chat. Sure. Um, and I think we'll eventually get to video um, and some people are doing it today, but, mm-hmm. you know, so I think there's, there's tons of examples, uh, you know, even going back to just basic, you know, online banking and, and being able to access multiple years worth of checks, you know, for big businesses that are, you know, have now can do all their research. I mean, again, I got tons of examples, but yeah, definitely think it is, it can make a huge difference and, and it can change the way your customers perceive you. It can change the way your employees perceive you Mm -hmm. as, as a financial institution, if they have the tools to service their customer, effectively and efficiently, then that makes them, that makes their job happier. And I think happy employees take care of customers. That's right. No, I, I often will say if, if the person that is talking to that customer has a smile on their face, it goes through the phone call, right? Or, yeah. or through whatever means. And if they're frustrated because of what they're, they can't get the information or it doesn't work, yeah. that, it comes through, right? So you're spot on. So you, you've been a big advocate of fintech and, you know, investing in it, investing in bank technologies, 
by the banks as a means for learning and digitally transforming faster. So, you, you know, this is me selfishly asking for me, you know, as, as we are moving forward with a fund like Bank Tech Ventures, working with dozens and dozens of banks, what can we do in your mind to be a great partner to help there? Yeah, I mean, I think that, I think number one, the, the fact that you're already, you know, you're, you're matching up these bankers as investors in fintech and giving them early access to all of these fintech companies. Mm-hmm. And, and again, I, and you can correct me if I'm, if I'm out of line, but some of them you will invest in, some of you won't, mm-hmm. but you're still going to have a curated list that's, that's right. available, right? That's right? So then just having access to that, you know, that data is huge. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's, you know, the fact that you've gone in and vetted them, the fact that you've got some of your, you know, higher, higher uh, level partners as bankers that have been involved in the early stages of, Mm -hmm. you know, helping those fintechs kind of perfect their pitch or perfect the ideas or leverage the investment. What better way to match up their target market through investors, right? So they want banks. Um, they, you know, now you've got bankers involved that are investing, they get early access, they get to help shape the direction of the product. I mean, it's kind of agile on steroids, mm. if you will, where you got voice a customer at early access to the fintechs that have great ideas that are solving a problem that, that exists. So I think, you know, you guys being able to help bridge that gap. And I think there's you know, there's some evolution that will need to occur, sure. uh, whether we figure out, you know, ways that, you know, you can, you know, like we kind of talked about before, like, can we help, can we help them figure out, you know, what are the, what are the top three things that this FinTech can really help mm-hmm. you with? Mm-hmm. And does that align with your strategy versus, okay, you know, you know, this, there's 42 FinTechs that can do all these different things. I can't just sit down and go through them as a banker and say, oh, well, that looks cool. Let's do that. That we don't I mean there's only so much time in the day. There's only so much projects and, and money. And, and for the most part, you know, the bankers still have they still have their own projects. Mm-hmm. You know, they're expanding into new markets. They're taking on new products They're You know, maybe they're they're going through some organizational changes to, to make themselves more, more agile and, and innovative, which, you know, innovation is in the eye of the beholder as sure. far as I'm concerned sometimes, but yeah, I think that it's a really, it's a really neat idea. Uh, and I love what you guys are doing. I think it, it's going to, I think it's going to accelerate the pace of change, just like mm-hmm. we started the conversation. What, what Bank Tech Ventures is doing is really going to help accelerate that pace of change and adoption, mm-hmm. right? So, yeah. Well, and also we, we talked a lot about this, you know, it's about, yeah, delivering value. Yeah. Right. How do we, how do we create leverage where more value is created more quickly in that, you know, usually when you can accelerate that pace of change in the, in the right places where you're in, you feel like you're driving it and control of it, as opposed to it being imposed on you. uh, I think people tend to feel much more confident and comfortable. So yes, I really appreciate that. Well, one of the things that, that I talk a lot about is, you know, how, and, and I think we're trying to do this. And obviously you, you've spent a lot of time with bankers in your career. You know, what, what do you encourage them 
to do as far as working together, right? It's like, the, you know, the locking arms and saying, hey, we're, we're better together. Uh, you know, what, what, what have you seen there that's really worked? Well, I, I think that that's, I think, you know, whether it's, you know, getting involved and sitting together on, you know, different councils, mm -hmm. right, whether it's a payments council or whether it's a, you know, some, some venture council or innovation or even community, you know, obviously they're focused on their communities or their specific states, but how to, how to help move some of these things forward. I think that's, that's probably where I've seen the most success, um, you know, truthfully, there's all, you know, I think the idea of strategic, strategic, strategic thinking, you know, there's always a little bit of concern when you get a bunch of bankers together about, okay, do we compete in the markets, mm -hmm. you know, and so I, I get that. I mean, we, but, but the, just like, you know, whether it was, you know, Jack Henry and FIS and Fiserv getting together to talk about how to solve a, a common problem in the industry, you know, which we did. Um, we didn't maybe do it as we didn't get publicized as much, but we did get together and try to help the government and help regulation. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that those types of things can happen. I think community bankers getting involved together to to figure out, you know, how best to solve small business problems or solve, you know, commercial lending problems. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think those are areas where where, you know, the collective can be more powerful than the whole, than the one individual, mm -hmm. um, you know, and I think that you're going to see more and more opportunities for bankers to get involved in those types of things. Um, I, like I said, I don't know that I have specific examples of like, other than maybe advisory councils and, and, and those types of things, but that's a, that's a tougher one. I, you know, I guess I would, I would say that I think there's going to be more opportunity in the future for, for doing better at that, I guess, sure. maybe not very eloquent, but. Well, no, it's, I think it's great. I mean, what, you know, you, you mentioned earlier, one of your words or two words, you know, collaboration and partnerships. Yeah. It's, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm a big believer in abundance mentality. There's a, there's plenty, yeah. um, you know, collaborating, partnering with your, your peers is a great group that maybe they haven't historically thought to talk to. I think there's some great leaders in the, community bank space that I've seen that are very proactive about sharing, proactive about collaborating. And so I think that that sort of, I think, is the essence of what yeah. you're describing. I, I, I think it's great. Well, Mark, so many great insights. You know, I've, I've got one final question. What advice do you have, right? I mean, you, you are effectively an advisor now to banks, to startups, um, in a lot of the roles that you're playing and you know what advice do you have for these community bank leaders they know they know they can't go back they know they have to continue to evolve their thinking so what what advice do you have when people say mark, you know wh where do we start mark or what do we do what, what advice would you have well i again i think that number one you know if you're thinking about it it probably does exist, right? I mean, I'm not, you know, no, again, I don't want to be, I can probably be proved wrong there, but there's probably somebody that's figured this out. Um, now, have they figured out exactly the way you want? No. So, mm -hmm. so I think a, you know, let's, let's figure out how to best find those, those solutions. Um, and then again, that's not easy. Um, I think continuing to, to leverage, you know, looking at, 
looking at your board makeup, looking at, at the direction you're headed, looking at your, you know, that I come back to strategy and I know that, you know, strategy is sometimes very difficult because it's so, it's so easy to kind of get caught up in, well, everything we're doing is kind of working. And, you know, and I, I, uh, I love that I learned over my career, you know, when things are going well, that's when you need to be focused on that's making it. the next change because when things start to go bad, it's, it's too late mm -hmm. and you're going to be forced to deal with whatever's going bad. So you won't have any time to be strategic. So be strategic when things are going well mm -hmm. and start to plan the, you know, you don't have to do a 180 necessarily, but you need to make course corrections. Sure. And then as long as you're directionally correct. So I think that being willing to, to think about those things, ask the hard questions. I, I love the fact that the companies that I'm involved with all have something really cool in common, which is, you know, they don't take for granted what they've accomplished, but they also don't just say we're there, right? Mm -hmm. We want more. Mm -hmm. And so whether it's, you know, we want to figure out how to do this better, it's good, but it's not good enough. Mm -hmm. And I like that, right? So I think that, you know, challenge the status quo, think about ways you can leverage, you know, I still think there's a way to, to better leverage technology in a lot of banks out there. Um, and I think that the good news is now we, we do have kind of this world is our oyster of all these cool technology companies um, and ways to solve problems that we probably didn't think of because mm -hmm. we were approaching it from our own kind of echo chamber and mm -hmm. we were approaching it from the, the way we've always done it, which obviously are the six most expensive words in business. <laughs> um, so, you know, I think that that's what's cool about where we're at today. So I think embrace it, right? That's that's what I would say would be my last comment. Embrace the opportunity, embrace the changes and leverage it. Mm. Amazing. Well, Mark, thank you so much for joining me sharing this perspective and wisdom. It's so, so rich, so good. I, I'm so excited that we've gotten to get to know each other. And, you know, I, I know we will develop this friendship in the coming years and, and super excited to be able to work with you through bank tech and uh, all the things that we're both doing out there. And, you know, thanks for your partnership. Thanks for your leadership role that you play in this industry. It's, it is so key. And I think helps create and, um, bring that confidence that so many people need to continue to move forward. So thanks for the time and, and thanks for all you do. You're too kind. Thank you very much. I enjoyed it. And anytime, you know, I, like I said, I'll talk forever if you let me. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Operate Podcast. If you like this conversation, as a favor to me, you can rate us, review us, or subscribe, or tell your friends. You can also reach out to us on Twitter at Operate Podcast. Until next week, get out there and operate.